This is Farming God, a podcast on a way to live. Smoke signals at farminggod.org. The engine is the heart of travel. At one time, the word engine referred to any piece of machinery. It's derived from the Latin ingenium, meaning ability. The comfortable cabs of modern cars make it easy to ignore and even forget about the handcrafted explosion happening inches in front of our climate-controlled feet. But out of view, a precise mixture of air and fuel is injected into a cylinder and then combusted at just the right time, causing the piston to rise. Cylinders are ignited in sequence, 1342, 1342, 1342, like the veiny thighs of a four-legged cyclist, 1342, 1342, 1342, spinning the crankshaft, 1342, 1342, which turns the gears, 3421, 3421, 3421, that spins the wheels, 421, that propel us forward. Trillions of explosions and millions of engines move us and our things from place to place. By choice, we become biologically dependent on them. Tractors grow our food, and trucks transport it, and cars bring our faces to the grocery store. If engines stopped working, millions of people would starve pretty quickly. Small cities and moderate climates may be able to adjust. They'd have enough land to begin growing food for a modest population, But chances are that the agricultural land would be covered with feed corn and soybeans. Without petroleum fertilizer, the crops would die and the soil would be useless. Like gray cardboard toilet paper rolls, the dead corn stalks would remain standing, posted in the ground as the seasons change. Through rain and winter, summer and fall, they'd refuse to decay, quaking in the wind back and forth like an old man sitting on his porch, shaking his stiff finger at you in disapproval as you spit a hunk of bubblegum out on the sidewalk in front of his house. When I was younger, I worked on engines, large and small. Summer days began early because there weren't many of them in Minnesota. It was gift-wrapped in 16 hours of sunlight, cool lakes, and tan girls, and I'd be damned if I missed a single minute of it. I came downstairs to meet what seemed to be the morning's first rays of light. My dad was already at work, but on the counter he left a note. I scanned the index card, checking for good signs, like cartoon smiley faces and general motivational quotes. Bad signs, like indented chore lists titled with each of my siblings' names. Today the index card read, Have a great day. Love you all. Yes. The domestic shackles feared by children the world round were broken. I put two s'more Pop-Tarts in the toaster and poured a bowl of frosted flakes. Still chewing, I grabbed my backpack, hopped on my 18-speed Schwinn, and pedaled out of the driveway, the low-angled sun warming my back. I had a car, but biking was more exciting, especially with a bike like mine. Rugged tires, new handlebar grips, and to the jealous gaze of every other teenager, a shower radio, strapped to the handlebars with a bungee cord and zip tie. I played the best FM rock music the Twin Cities had to offer. Preset 1, classic rock on KQRS. 2, 93X rocks. 3, 94.5, playing 80s, 90s, and today. 
104, 104.1 Jack FM, and 5 Cool 108. Fueled by processed sugar and classic rock, I whipped down East River Parkway, across Franklin Bridge, left past the grocery co-op, then right into the auto parts store. From behind the counter, Jeff yelled, What happened now? Jeff grew up on Lake Street, went to high school at Henry, moved away for a few years, he never said why, and had been in Minneapolis for the last 17 years or so. I chuckled at his question, because I guess no one comes here when their car is running well. Timing chain, I respond. Oh, damn, you sure it's not a timing belt? Yep, already got the valve cover off and I'm looking right at it. Let's see what we got. Jeff pecked away on the keyboard, checking the inventory for a new timing chain, chain guards, and valve train sprockets for the disassembled car taking two parking spaces in my parents' garage. Looks like we got him in stock. Hold on. And he disappeared into the back of the store. A casual passerby might look into an auto parts store and see tire cleaner, oil pans, fuses, and signal lights. But the real magic happens behind the counter. The towering shelves remind me of the library and page master, moments away from warping into a terrifying PG-13 animation. Macaulay Culkin, impressed with my bike, and I with his, would embark on an adventure. Auto parts like a tire, steering wheel, and brake pads would come to life, and I named them Adventure, Fantasy, and Horror, respectively. They wouldn't live forever, but Macaulay and I would. We were real, and I was sure of it. Here you go. Jeff, back at the counter, opened the boxes to check the sizes. Looks good to me. Well, just bring them back if they don't fit. Before paying, I redeemed my rewards card. Because every five $20 purchases, I got $20 off. That adds up, you know. The parts did indeed fit so well that I'm still driving this car today. This summer, I filled it with my things, strapped a dresser to the roof, and moved north from Texas to Minnesota. I spoke with people so along the way about middle places. And we were like, what if that happened when we were on our way to Texas? We'd be screwed. Literally, we'd just be sitting on the side of the road. We'd be able to do Wow, that's what it happened then and not. Yeah. Hey, Brooke, where are we? In Texas. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the term middle America? The middle of America. I don't know. What do I think of when I'm... I'm scared. What am I, what's my answer supposed to be? I need you to narrow it down. Are we talking about like middle class America? Are we talking about geographically middle America? Are we talking about <laughs> average Americans? <laughs> I'm confused. I think we should get Alex's input. Middle America? I think we are in the middle of America right now. We're in the middle of good old Texas. Or or Texas. (laughs) We're almost in the we're in central Texas. This is middle America. We are middle America. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) He hopes you're kidding. 
the, the question is, is the Bible truly believable? And there's a, we have a, a sermon coming up um, in a couple of weeks, which is going to, our you know, pastor, our lead pastor is going to talk extensively about some of the credibility of the Bible, historical accuracies. Um, I personally believe the Bible's true because of the way that, I mean, among other things, but one of the simplest core foundational things for me was that the way that the disciples responded to the death of Jesus um, led me to believe that they thought the whole thing was done. And we're talking about specifically in terms of this part of Jesus. Not, not, so like, of course I believe that, I believe that the, the whole of the Bible is true because Jesus believed that it was true. But if, if I can find credibility in Jesus, then I can find credibility in the rest of the Bible. Now that's, that's not, the whole of the accuracy of the Bible because there's a lot of other pieces of, of um, non-believing historians that validated Jesus on the earth and validated some of the writings, the historical content of the Old Testament too, but I believe that when Jesus died, his, his the disciples, they, they all ran for the hills because they thought, oh crap, we were wrong. You know, we uh, we thought Jesus was it, he, he, but he died because they thought he was going to um, bring, they thought he was going to become king and rule and peace, you know, which, is, which when the Bible talks about that, it was foretelling for the future, but they thought it was going to be right then. So when he died, they were like, oh, shoot, like, we were so wrong about this. But, but whenever Jesus rose from the, grad, or rose from the dead, it's like all of a sudden they came back to life with this message because some people say that the whole thing was falsified and they didn't want to appear to be wrong so they manufactured the story of his resurrection and began preaching the gospel but it's you know it like the fact that they they gave their life for a lie for something that they manufactured is pretty ridiculous. People believe, people give their lives for things that aren't true, but they firmly believe it's true. They didn't falsify it. But these people, I believe that they really saw Jesus rise from the dead. And that's why their message came back to life. And that's why they ended up giving their lives for it, because they found it and saw it to be the truth. They didn't manufacture it. They didn't make up this thing. Um, so that they could have, they could manipulate people. They didn't do that. I don't believe. They really, they really, knew, they really saw him come back to life, and they really did see him after he rose from the grave, and that's why it came back. Does that make sense? Yeah. My name is Jordan. Yeah. From from Fort Worth, Texas. And and I'm at City Left Center. Yes, Fort Worth. All right, man. Take it easy. How are you doing? Catching anything? I got one catfish right there. Did you? So Liam Payne is here, One Direction, oh, a wow. solo mission with his new good single. good size. Yeah. Could I ask you a couple questions? Help yourself. <laughs> What's your name? I'm normal. Normal? Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Do you live in Lincoln now? Yeah. What do you think about it? I think it's beautiful and uh, I can't complain because I'm still living. I came down here to get away from all that mess in Chicago. 
and I've been out here about 13, 14 years now. Yeah, I've been working every day and all that, got my own place and all that, all the stuff I wouldn't have done if I was still there with the gangbangers and the... So, I'm living pretty good down here. I fish a lot every time I get a chance, work out there at Kawasaki. So, I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm in a maintenance. Yeah, I do some of everything. Yeah. So, on the weekends, I'd be just glad to be off to sit down. <laughs> Yeah, just let the wind blow and come out. Because I don't even come out sometimes, you know, it's a surprise. I don't come out to catch nothing. I just come out to get from out the stuffy house, you know, just sit in the park. Like you said, let the wind blow. And Some people don't know how to relax and do that. Man, I can sit out here for hours. I ain't got to talk to nobody. You don't see no phone, do you? you <laughs> it's over there in the car somewhere. When I come out to the park, I don't need it. What for? <laughs> Yeah, my mother got it figured out already. She's like, uh, I, I've been trying to reach you when I get back, you know, sometimes. She'd be like, I've been calling, I've been called you three or four times. I figured you was fishing. Because I ain't going to get no answer if you fishing. Fishing and sleeping. My two things I ain't going to get no answer from you for. What do you think about the people? They good, man. It's all good people, man. You just hate some of the stupid stuff people do. You don't hate, don't never hate nobody. It ain't good to do that. God don't want you to do that. But I'm really fed up with some of their doggone court system laws and stuff and all these charges they get when they get you. Man, I don't want to say nothing bad for the record. I got in trouble for domestic violence, which it sounds, if you notice too, when they added that domestic on there, it sounds much worse that you done to somebody. You know, when they told me I domestic violence somebody, I pushed my girlfriend. When they told me violence, I went on the internet, I seen where people been biting each other, stabbing each other with screwdrivers and putting each other's eyes out and beating your girlfriend with a hammer. And I figured that was violent. I got in trouble and was out of $1,800 for doing this. I'm going like, you would think that if it was a murder in the cell, you think I belong in there with him? Yeah, for that, that's what it was. And just think, it's a racket. It just keeps going around in a circle. People keep touching, there's some of them in there just for not doing nothing. Sometimes you be trying to restrain the girl just from hitting you again. But you going. You, you don't think it's fair? I don't think that's fair, man. I think them judges, man, entirely shouldn't be able to play God with your life, man. I mean, you should have some say-so. They let you have some say-so, but it don't mean nothing. You know, when you go in front of the judge, you're so nervous because what he say, go. You know, you can't debate with him. You can't, you know, what he say, and you finish. You just, I think that's wrong. I don't think that's wrong from now on, but that's just my opinion. So, besides the court systems, what are you, the people in? The people and all that, everything good. And they good family stuff down here. They always got something going on for the family and the kids. Um, always some kind of garage sales and what neighborhoods you go in that you can get some real good stuff cheap. I love that. <laughs> Sometimes you learn to like it too much, because now I got a house full of junk. <laughs> you know, I tell you, telling people, when you don't live outside your means and you ain't no rapper or nothing, that way you don't go out and run up no $50,000 bills, you know, so you live inside what you make. So I have <laughs> so I have a little extra money, and I, I got to see garage here. Uh, garage, uh. I don't even need this shit, but I'm a bad any damn way. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't need nothing, and I'll still stop it. <laughs> I can't help it. So sitting out here, at least I ain't got to spend no money. 
I get the debate and stuff, I ain't got to leave no more. I'm good. Yeah. So as a Chicago man, I'm asking people what, uh, what, what, what do they think of when they hear the term Middle America? I don't actually know what that means. Middle America. It would make me. <laughs> You gonna stop asking the worst person you can find in the park any questions? They always say you find the worstest one. I I don't know what it means. That's it made me think that you got your upper class and your lower class and your middle class, and we in the middle, most of us, close to the bottom. Yeah, but in the middle. <laughs> but long as you don't do like a rapper and overrun your means <laughs> and stay down here, what you got, you all right. That way you won't get in trouble for tax evasion or none of that. You ever gonna go back to Chicago? No. Mm -mm. Well, what was your name? Here go what was the sand for you? It was so bad. I had fun though. You know, I was in my neighborhood, my geographical location, like I tell people. So I was one of the rats in with the rest of the rats. So I was all right. <laughs> but it used to be coke, dope, or weed. Which ones you need? So that showed you, I damn near sold everything. And I told them all this shit I had at one time. So my father's name was Magic Slim in the, in the blues band. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. When you get a chance, look them up. And um, they was coming down here like every other week because they kept getting booked to come down here and play at the zoo bar all the time. And sometimes they'd be tired and stuff like that. And I wanted to take a little vacation for the weekend. And I would come down here with them. And back in Chicago being so overcrowded, you know, you just never get hired right away. It's like you never you put an application in and you never hear from the people again until you don't forget like two years from now. Then they call you, hello, was you looking for a job? You're like, damn, that was 1987. <laughs> so they kept coming down here and I kept seeing for higher signs, for higher signs, for higher signs. That's what made me stay too. And I was like, I don't think I'm going back this weekend. I think I'm gonna stay because I can make it down here. So I got a job and I stayed and everything. And I've been down here like every since and got away from the selling of the drugs and the doing them. And I'm perfectly fine now. And I got some sense and some money and the apartment and everything and I'm happy. I'm good now. <laughs> well, glad to hear that, man. What was your name again? Normal. Normal. Yeah, that's a cool name. I'm going to tell you. One more thing for you, go. You got to hear it. My name was Norman. The government, you know how they send your birth certificate back in your social security card, okay? They send mine back, but it's spelled normal. So now I go back down there to plead with the people. Look, you made a typo on my name. It ain't normal. It's Norman. They go, well, that's a typo. I go, I know that. That's why I came back. You the one did it. She go, well, it'd be $60 to put the end back on that. I go, well, I hope you're going to pay it. You the one done it. She go, no, no, no. That's $60 I got come from you. I go, and you the one fucked my name up? Um, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to be normal the rest of my life. And I left. <laughs> and I've been normal. So as of right now, I should be able to sue the government because sometimes when I'm in some places, I don't know who the hell I am. I sign Norman in some places, I sign Norman in other places. So I'm, got, I'm living a double life and shit and don't even know it. Now the government done screwed me up. <laughs> sometimes I don't know who I am. I got to sign Norman, then I got to scratch Norman out and put the L and say I'm normal because then people go, I know your name. I go, yes, it is. I got your, here. Yeah. Oh, that is your name. I told you that. <laughs> I like that name. I hey, like so as you can see, I'm pretty fun, comical at work and everything. Everybody like me a whole lot of... How could anyone not like you? Man, man? I'm good all the time. Man, you must be a popular man in Lincoln. Hey, man, when you wake up in the morning and God wake you up, man, what you have? You got to be mad for. You got, are you standing up? You got your breath and your health? Yeah. I be at work telling people the same thing. I go up to people like this, I be like, what you mad for? 
It's 7.30 in the morning and you mad already. Damn, ain't you walking and talking to people? Well, you should be happy. <laughs> I like that attitude, man. That we, yeah. need, we need more of that. That's right, man. Some that. people ain't turning over getting out of the bed. They gone. They ain't coming back from where they at now. Man, every day you breathe over and turn over, hit your alarm clock or something, and get up. I stop setting alarm clocks in my damn house. Because I get up so damn early, I have to go back around and turn them all off. So I put, there's some of them in there just unplugged right now. That's how early I fucking get up. I didn't even gave a couple clocks away. I told my mom, you need a long clock. She's like, yeah, I got one in the house. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man, I've been out here for a long time now, and I'm happy about it, and it's pretty peaceful. Oh, don't forget the main thing about Chicago, too. At least you can fish. Ain't nobody done tried to rob us for our poles and try to shoot us in the back or nothing, because it all happens there. We couldn't sit there this peaceful like this. Somebody, be, we'd have to have a guard, like, to stand back <laughs> Boo, we have to have bulletproof vests on at the car back there. <laughs> 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 I'm saying. So I'm happy with this. I'm pretty peaceful now. I'm all right. Okay. Is this a, oh, that's a real holder? Yeah. And I kept two all the way up in the last week again because I was losing like two of those, not every year or nothing like that, but like every month. I cannot remember when I'm out fishing at night oh, and I drink real. a bunch of beer and I leave that shit. Yeah. So I'm gonna buy me two and I'm gonna paint them with that glow paint shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a remedy for it. <laughs> I'm gonna go back two more and I'm gonna paint them with that glow in the dark shit. So when I get all the stuff and packed up ready to get in the car, I can shine a light and look and I'll see them set right there. <laughs> Normal. All right, man. It's fun talking to you. All right, cool, dude. See ya. Um, middle, like, what? I'm basically kind of trying to figure out, like, what, what is middle America, okay? <laughs> so, so what? Go for it. Just, like, not super formal or anything, but, like, okay. what, do, what do you think of when you hear middle America? <sighs> what do I think of? Um... <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's just kind of a part of the country that's a little, um, removed, I guess, from some of the action. It's just kind of a quieter area and just kind of low-key. I mean, it is flyover country, but it's kind of, it's kind of like, the, it's like the suburb to the country, I guess. It's just kind of a little quieter area. Are you from? I'm from Lincoln. Okay. What's your name? I'm Elliot. Elliot, I'm Steve. Nice to meet you. What's your I'm name? Leslie. Leslie. What do you think of when you hear Middle America? I think of friendly people who are willing to do anything to help you out. You think we're in Middle America right now? Yeah. It's, it's kind of buzzwordy, um, you know, to just talk about um, maybe places that don't have as much culture or art or music or whatever, it's, or diversity, you know. It's yeah. just kind of, it gets, I think it gets brushed off a lot. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but I mean, it kind of yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, we live here in Lincoln. We belong to the, uh, the Holmes Lake Sailing Club. And we race here every Thursday, Thursday evening from 6 to about 8 o'clock from Memorial Day to about Labor Day. 
So it's out here. I can practice it for the season, which is supposed to start. It's supposed to start last week, and now it's going to start this coming Thursday, I think. So this is a fast boat. Uh, it's not bad. It's okay. <laughs> it's an older boat. It's a 1974 Chrysler Mutineer. So uh, bought it used. Uh, kind of bought new sails for it last year. So it's it's fun. It's a fun little racer. So. I'm asking people what they think when they hear the term Middle America. Okay, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Guess Heartland Center, uh, Middle, I guess. So. Um. Yeah, I guess you know, growing up here, I think there's a lot more to it than what what a lot of people expect. You know, I think there's a lot of. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think there's a lot of intelligent people here, a lot of hardworking people here, um, a lot of compassion here. So yeah, I, I think it's a great place to grow up, to raise a family. Um, Do you think that it's perceived differently by, um, let's say, like the coasts, New York, California? I think so, yeah. I, I think there's uh, a lot of people that refer to this as kind of the flyover part of the country. Like, there's there's nothing here. It's just flat lands, prairies, cornfields, things like that. But there's a lot of heart here. And, yeah, I think a, lot of, of, a uh, lot of pride. and mix of urban and rural, too. Like, you know, have uh, bigger cities. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, you know, Denver, I guess, heartland, or uh, middle of America still, I guess. And you have smaller towns of uh, 10, 20, 100 people, 800 people, something like that too. So it's an interesting blend, I guess, of uh, maybe they maybe don't see other places in the country. Yeah. So what's what's your name? Ryan. Where are you, where are you from? From here in Lincoln. Okay. You're from Lincoln? Yep. Um, what do you think of when you hear the term Middle America? Middle America, I guess, Anything but the east and west coast, I always think of, even even the south. Uh, yeah. Do you think we're in middle America right now? Oh, definitely. What does, what is your interpretation, or what do you think that the coasts think of middle America? Oh, I think that maybe they think that uh, the opinions here don't matter, or that maybe we're stuck in the past or a little less progressive. Uh, do you feel that's the case? Um, you know, I think that some may think that that's the case, but I think that there's different versions of what progress is. Sometimes all progress isn't good. So I used to live in California, and a lot of the things that were wrong with California 20 years ago have, have caused a lot of issues in the United States in the last 20 years as well. Do you, do you like living here? Oh, yeah, definitely. What are you up to today? Uh, just enjoying a beautiful day. Got done mowing the lawn and uh, my wife's walking and I decided to get the kayak out since the water hopefully is warm enough. Well, I won't hold you back anymore. All right. Thanks. Well, I'm good luck. I'm Steve. Steve, Ryan. Nice Ryan, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Good luck. What part of Texas are you from? I'm from Austin. Austin. Yeah. Hey, man. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm all right. Middle America? Um, like as far as like location or like people or just the phrase i keep hearing it a lot and I'm okay what people think middle america i think to me it means like a little more calm down you know i think out near the coast and stuff there's a lot going on i think middle america is like a nice like kind of chill place yeah do you think we're in middle america right now i would say so yeah i think nebraska is like pretty much spot on actually you know but yeah i i, I like it
Yeah. Um, you're up. <laughs> uh, middle America. Um, that would be like, you know, your genuine friendliness at the checkout counter, um, waving to somebody, not being afraid to speak to a passerby like we're doing, I guess, right now. <laughs> um, I think of... Uh, what was that? Nebraska. <laughs> well, I mean, we're dead center. We're dead center in the middle, yeah. Um, I don't know, integrity and honesty and just being good people. Hard working. Yeah, hard working. Yeah, that I think goes with middle America. <laughs> so, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, such a tough answer. You guys have anything? Any ideas? <laughs> middle America, baby? No. Mom covered it. She nailed it. Midwestern. Yeah, Midwestern. Do you think we're in middle America right now? I do. Yeah. At least that's no. my. Yeah, I was like, I don't oh, the term United States of America. America. Oh, well. United States of America. She nailed it. Right. United States. <laughs> As compared to middle. South America, and, oh, you know, okay. North America, whatever. After a long day of biking, swimming, and working on the car, I remember sitting at a bonfire with some friends. My classmate Sonny, the center of the football team, said, Man, I'm ready for it to be cold again. You know that jeans and sweatshirt chill. I scoffed in disbelief. How dare he wish such a thing. But I knew I was ready too. Vitamin D and Pop-Tarts couldn't sustain me much longer. It was time to begin settling down in preparation for another dark, humble winter. I never biked in the cold, I drove, and when engines broke, I fixed them. Using deductive reasoning and reasoning alone, I discovered the issue and solved the problem. Outside of the garage, reason takes a back seat to the universal free-for-all we call culture. We attempt to manage it with language, religion, media, and politics, but it's impossible, so we cast our gaze upon impalpable domains like soul, will, essence, and consciousness. Let's pop the hood and have a look. Maybe what we see is what we get, and the universe is really just like a combustion engine, firing on all cylinders. One three four two 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 one three four two
smoke signals at farminggod.org